I was a kid that went to go hustle for myself. You know, that's where I started door knocking at 12 or 13. You know, everybody wants to be fucking lazy. How do I do this? They want the answer right away. Did you look? Did you try? Right? Like, hold the door open for one guy, and then that one guy, you know, he's speaking on my stage the next week. Just because I held the door open for him, and then this guy is the fucking biggest NFT creator in the world. Like we're talking about, he creates every NFT for every celebrity. Welcome to the One Hustle Show, where we're here to inspire, motivate, and educate you about other people's hustle in hopes that you can find your why. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the One Hustle Show. Very excited about today's podcast. I got my co-host, New Home Yogi. We got Daniel G here today. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you showing Thank you guys up. Thanks for having me. Appreciate uh, it. Very last minute, but I'm very excited for today's podcast. I will uh, let my co-host start it off since she knows a little bit more about you. And uh, so we can kind of educate our listeners about who you are. And then um, we can tell you a little bit about our show. We can dive in. So I've been following you for a while and I look at you as a sales guru in your space and I mm -hmm. look to you for sales expertise sometimes like when I like I'm stumped on something I'll scroll through your feed. So it's funny that Eddie aligned and was like hey do you want him on the podcast? I was like absolutely I'd love to get in front of you and uh -huh. like speak to you. So I'll give you a little preface on like who we are like my name is Laurel this is Daniel so nice to meet you this is the first time we're meeting him in person. I feel like I know you from social media obviously. Um, but where the one hustle show came from is I got my license at 18, had him at 18 and, um, like I've always just like had that hustle. And one of the things that I've found is all you have to do is find one, one human, one person focus on that one and the rest will come. Mm -hmm. So he started out detailing cars underage. He had somebody driving around at 15 years old, making six figures. And he just focused on that one. So our license plate say one hustle and hustle one. And I noticed that outside. Yeah. And we yeah. own the real estate company together. Oh. I worked for corporate America for 15 years. Is a real estate company called one hustle? It's called DC, DC Realty. After okay, okay. him. So <laughs> okay. yeah. DC is his initials. I worked for corporate America. He talked me into leaving corporate America. Twice. Twice. Quit twice. Oh, wow. And came and, to work with me. And, and he's like, if you come work with me, I'll retire you in three years. If you work as hard as you do. For what me. made you go back to corporate the first time? Fear. Oh, okay. So they got I'll tell you a little bit about floor. me really quick. Uh -huh. I worked for seven years for myself very successfully. And I used to talk shit to my mom. I'd be like, I'm never sitting behind a desk. Nobody's ever going to ruin my life. This and that. And then two, four, that 2004 hit. I have a child. I'm a single mom. I write five offers. I can't get anything accepted because the market's crazy. Tail between my legs. I show up to my mom and I'm like, mom, I don't want to come work under you and under your shadow, but I need a builder job. Like right. I need to make money. So she put me in touch with one of her friends at DR Horton Homes. She hired me. I sat behind a dirt mound in a trailer, never read a set of plans and sold my whole community and got sucked into the health insurance, like structure, like consistent pay and did that for 13 years on a sales floor very successfully. Okay. Gotcha. And then I left to work with him in November, like the worst time Slow to leave season, for real estate. Horrible time to do that. And I was like, how long ago? Uh, 2017. Okay. And then I left and I made it out like maybe three months and my division president's like, I'll make you a sales manager and weekends off, high increased salary, stock options, uh -huh. the, you know, exactly. And I was know? like, Daniel, I'm sorry. I'm going back. Right. I was like that's too good to pass up. But what I realized in hindsight, those two years in management, managing 66 sales agents, flying to Reno, managing them, Vegas, Laughlin, all of that gave me a skill set that helped me in our business today. Right, so like, sure. I don't regret it. Of course, but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
it was scary to make uh-huh. that jump because you uh-huh. get like comfortable and like that's like easy to get sucked into like and I'm I've had moments where I'm like had I just stuck it out for myself and not done the builder thing I wonder what that would have been like right you know today you know but I instead of doing that I just like go forward thankful for where we're at what we're doing and all of that nice So we pretty much wanted to do the one hustle show to pretty much inspire, motivate and educate people kind of like on other people's hustles. You know, everybody has a journey. Everybody has a story. What's the mindset? What are some of the things you've learned? And kind of, you know, let's let's take it back to like your your childhood. People's childhood molds them, whether it's a positive or negative. And it kind of, you know, allows you to get a little bit further um, utilizing your childhood, whether it was good or bad. So can you talk about that and a little bit of how that molded you to be the person you are today? Yeah, like when I, so when I was young, you know, I think like everybody goes through the same events just in different detail because, you know, everybody grows up. Some people have the rough a childhood. They experience stress in different ways. We experience anxiety in different ways, right? So my event was my parents split up when I was young, when I was 12 years old. And from that day was the day I got into like my business. And I felt like I was a man that day because, you know, when my parents split up, my dad went to go back. My dad was in retail sales and he went to go back to work, you know, like 18 hour shifts, right? From morning to night. My mom, you know, she was working two jobs. So I would never, like there was, I was never getting money from nobody. You know, I was just grateful to have a roof over my head. And I was the kid that went to go hustle for myself. You know, that's where I started door knocking at 12 or 13. Wow. Uh, and then I started with a company. So I started door knocking myself just like every other kid when I was like 12, 13, cutting grass. And then I started with a company when I was 15, uh, door knocking. I just always knew that nothing was going to be given to me in life. You know, I would, I wouldn't go up to my dad and ask him for a candy. I wouldn't go up to him and ask him for nothing. So I, I started my hustle at a very young age. And, you know, at the time, yeah, I would say, you know, I, I was, oh, why am I doing this? My friends are getting this. My friends are getting that. But like the skill set that I built up over the last, you know, 15 years from starting when I was young is like, you know, that's, that's the reason why I'm, why I am today. And when I, when I was in school at a young age, you know, I was, I was already like the, like the, the black sheep in school because I was working my sales job, uh, when I was young, like 15, 16, 17, 18, and I wasn't focused on school. So then, you know, everybody was counting me out, but in my head, like I already, I don't know what it was, but at a young age, I already had the highest self-belief. I didn't have doubt. Like I already knew I was making more money than everybody around me at like a part-time gig working four or five days a week in sales. So when everybody's like, this guy wasn't going to become successful, I'm just like, well, success in their head means money. It doesn't mean spirituality and alignment at that. Success in my grandparents had meant money. Success in our parents has mean money. That's it. You have a stable career, right? So at that time, when I was young in high school, I was so confident that I'm going to make a shit ton of money when I was, when I was older. But when I got sold by everybody saying, Hey, you know what? You should, you know, you should go to business school, da, da, da. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is going to enhance me making a little bit more money. So then I got sold on the thought of going to college and going to university. So when I got, when I went into university in Canada, we call it university, right? Mm-hmm. You guys have universities here too. Yes. Yeah. So I got into university. I was there for about six months. And then I realized it was the first six months I'd ever made money for like five years. 
I was always making money. I always had the money to go take out my girlfriend to the nicest steak restaurant when I was 16. When my friends were going to movies, I was going to the fucking steak restaurant after. And they couldn't even get, I always, like, I always had cash on me. I was working sales, door-to-door sales. You know, I was stashing away a couple thousand dollars a week sometimes. So it was the first six months that I never made money. And to me, that was unsuccessful. And it doesn't matter, like, you know, when I when I had a prof say, hey, if you guys want to make, you know, money right away coming out of university, you're in the wrong place, you're in the wrong program. When I heard that, I was like the nail in the coffin to be like, wait, wait, I'm going to spend four years here, drop $45,000, come out of here in debt and still not make money and take another four years. So it's going to be an eight-year time fucking span. I don't even know what I'm like, like, I like what I'm going to do. So I, I left sales and I, I sorry, I left university, I left college. And I just went, I, I didn't know, first of all, I was passionate about sales because in my head, I was a worker just like I am today. Like I, I wasn't like, oh, I'm this sales guy. I was aerating lawns. I was poking holes in people's grass uh, because, you know, after bad winters in Canada, the grass has to breathe. So I just considered myself as a worker. I was really good at doing my job. Hey, we need to, you know, I'll do a dollar for the back, 39 for the front. I was good at hustling it. That's it, the one hustle. I was just freaking hustling every single day. And I didn't see myself as a salesperson. I just seen myself out hustling everybody inside because that's what it was in the beginning, right? It's just like, how many lawns can I do? How many people can I operate with urgency? It wasn't a long relationship sale. So we'd start off in a warehouse with 200 people in the morning. They'd, uh, you know, diverse us in the morning and boom, you you start aerating lawns. You knock on doors, they give you a neighborhood. So when I left school, I didn't go back to what I was like, when I, like, when I left college and I dropped out of college in the first six months, I left. And I went back to, I'm like, okay, what can I think I could be good at? So I followed curiosity, not passion. Because most people say, oh, follow your passion. Well, fuck, if I was passionate, I'd probably go into like DJing, soccer. You know, I'd probably go into something like that, which I love too as well. I didn't love sales. I'm like, shit, I'm curious about the sales thing. Let me get into sales. So I started studying all the industries again, right? And uh, I studied real estate. I'm like, okay, let me do, and then the real estate thing. Okay, I'm like, it's too long. I'm not going to make money in this right now. I'm putting it together. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make money in my third, fourth year. I know it, right? I'm going to have to drop some money on the courses. Then I'm going to have to do the marketing. And then it is. So I just got right into back into, uh, I got right back into uh, telephone sales, right? Uh, quick cold calling that translated into B2B sales. After that translated into me starting to train sales. The way I got to where I am today, just to recap the whole story, I was in B2B sales. And then I started to realize, you know, the school system. Can you tell people what B2B sales is? Yeah, business to business sales. I started off in business to customer sales. Like you call somebody, you sell them a direct sales environment, knocking on a door, right? Sometimes real estate could be B2C or B2B, right? Like your business to customer, or it could be commercial business to business. So I was in business to business sales, right? A couple different jobs. One of my longest lasting ones was medical device sales. So instead of influencing like one decision maker or two decision makers, like a couple to pull the trigger on a product, it was like 17 people to pull the trigger on a product. So I was in a very complex sales environment environment wow. at a very young age it was a How lot different uh i started 21 at a Perfect. very complex sale yeah and it was there was nobody in in the world i can like i can say that was in my position at it at an age because That's i got into my position because i started off in the office and i'm like wow i'm in a, i'm in this job this dream job in an office if i could just get this position in the next five years and be on the road well it so happened to be that i was in the right position at the right time somebody quit and then they hired me onto the road Right. I don't even think they fucking knew my age, whatever. My 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 resume was bullshit at the time. Right. Just had a bunch of bullshit on it. It says I was I I was graduated from university. I think I just put the university I went to. So maybe they thought I went to university, Uh, but I dropped out in six months. But yeah, I was I was I was doing that. And then I realized, you know, wow, sales gave somebody like me 
you know, an opportunity, right? And I'm, I, and as I'm working this job, I'm doing amazing. Like I'm making six figures. I'm on the road. I'm living the life. Okay. I'm buying all the nice custom suits. I have a corporate credit card that I could spend. And I'm going on the vacations, getting the awards. And then I'm like, holy fuck. Sales gave somebody like myself, like the dropout kid that everybody thought was going to become some big fuck up in life. It gave me the opportunity and it didn't discriminate me based on my past and who I was. It didn't, it didn't judge me based on who I was. The class clown didn't, I'm like, it, it, it accepts you with like open arms. Right. 100%. And, and I feel like I'm like, if I know this and, and we're never taught in school, Hey, there's an account manager. What's B2B sales. What's B2C sales. What's direct sales. What's network marketing. What's real estate sales. What's insurance sales. We're never taught this. So when I was young, I'm like, holy shit, I, I have like a responsibility now to be like, let me go educate people on what my story was and how I got to where I got to. Okay, I started on telemarketing and then I moved from telemarketing into, you know, higher advanced phone sales. And then I went in inside as an inside sales account manager. And then I went, went into an account manager and then I got as an account executive on the road. And that's how I transitioned my, uh, my, my sales career into sales education. I was starting to help colleges and high schools and universities in Canada, training them on sales. I, I just wanted to do it for fun while I was selling my equipment. I'm like, wait, let me go educate these people on sales and my story and how you can get into sales because nobody was doing it. I never took a sales course in high school. Started doing that, fell in love with the training thing, uh, made sure that the marketplace responded to who I was and my message, meaning like, because I was young doing this, you know? Um, when I say the marketplace was responding, I think no entrepreneur should ever jump until a few different things. One, either the marketplace has to buy something from you or respond to it in a positive manner. Like you have to have feedback. Like I would have never left my job if I didn't have sales in my other job. And I think that's the worst thing. Like most people make the jump way too quickly. They're like, well, Zucks dropped. Well, dude, Zucks had fucking Facebook <laughs> and like people, there was a hundred thousand customers on Facebook before he went to go make the pivot and the transition. So he knew at least there was a marketplace that wanted something or needed something. Then he went to go make the transition. And the other thing was this, like, I don't think entrepreneurs should move unless they have a cushion. So they tuck at least like eight to 12 months of their expenses away. You know, that way, when you're in the, the valleys of your business and it's hard to start up, you have the cushion so you don't spread yourself out thin. So you don't have to rush it. You don't have to be weird about your process and pushing people on your process. At least that way you have a cushion to survive through the rough months of entrepreneurship. So you look at your expenses, if it's $3,000 a month, tuck away $30,000 for 10 months, just in case you have like a bad 10 months. So I looked at those two things. Number one, are people responding to me? Number two, do I have a cushion? So I had my cushion. My, my monthly expenses were high too, because I was living life as, a, as an account rep on the road, right? Two cars, have a couple houses, like leases in different cities. So I made the transition and that's where I started sales education. Then I started getting, you know, really good at the training thing. As you repeated a lot, I was getting really good. I was dialing in my message and then I started a sales agency. So I started training and outsourcing sales reps to other sales companies because I was getting all these people through in my educational platforms, training them in sales in my sales academies that I had all these people that, you know, now wanted sales opportunities. So that's how I created a sales agency where everybody online had these products. They would come to me for a salesperson. I would outsource them and take a piece of the commission. So that's how I started my sales agency after. So one side is my sales training. The other side is my sales agency. That's how I got to just a little background story for you guys. I it's love a, it yeah. because you answered my question uh -huh. because there was two questions I had for you, which you answered. So you talked really fast. So I want to make sure that you guys caught that. Don't leave your job until you've got a cushion of yes. at least six to eight months, right? Correct, yeah. And then the other thing, oh, I forgot the other one. The other was one I was, was I was just making sure, I, well, I was just saying the indicators, just make sure people are responding oh, yeah. and they're buying. 
because well, that was validation towards a product. That was that exactly. That was that your was, university. That Absolutely. was my university, and that was like that was the admiration too as well. Because sometimes it's not just in physical. It is physical dollar amounts, but like when you leave a classroom and somebody comes up to you. Dude, you changed my life. I never thought about that. That's bigger than any commission check. So now you're thinking, now you're like, wait, 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 what's this whole thing about? So now I'm chasing, I want that, I said, for the rest of my life. You know, I'm like, I want that. That's that's special. That's important. Because rarely do you get that. I never got that inside my life. You changed my life? I was waiting for somebody to change my life when I was young. So I'm like, oh, shit, I changed this guy's life. Okay, let's go do this thing again. Same message kept coming. And then that's when I started to make this transition. Okay, let me package this thing up. Let me see if people would buy this. Right. And that's when I started, you know, Instagram. I was on Instagram live streams. One person would join, two people would join. And I was pouring on to like my Instagram live streams as if 5,000 people were joining my live streams. I was training them every single night for four hours. I would do four hour live streams six days a week with five people on my live stream. Damn. Two years straight, then six people, then seven people, then eight people, then nine people, you know. And that's how I was building up my brand, getting in people inside of my community, you know. Yeah. That's amazing. And I'm going to back up to, to when you said, People, when you were younger, were talking about money. Yeah. And you were like, you don't understand spirituality. Can you speak on that? No, it's it's because like, you know, when somebody says, listen, when somebody says you're not going to become successful, what it means to them in our parents' heads or our grandparents' heads, aunts and uncles, teachers, it's financial success. But as you gain financial success, somebody like myself that has financial success, you realize that's just not what success is. So you realize there's so many other things. You can gain financial success, but fucking hate your life. But they weren't talking about that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people get put in the position because their parents say, you need this success, so go get a good career that's gonna pay you $85,000. But how about if you fucking hate, hate the career that pays you $150,000? Is it successful? So I knew at the time, they weren't talking about, hey, go do something that you enjoy for the rest of your life. They were saying, hey, go do something that's going to pay you a lot of money. So then I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, well, if that's the case, let I'm already doing really well. I'm already financial success. I wasn't even thinking about fulfillment at that point. I wasn't even thinking about passion. I'm like, I'm doing fucking well. I'm making money. I made a logical decision. I wasn't even making an emotional decision. I said, I'm making $1,000 on the weekend. My parents aren't making this in a whole week. My teachers aren't making this in a whole week. Back then, right? So... I, it was logical for me to say, okay, let me go chase back this sales thingy one more time, right? So, yeah. Wow. I'm I'm blown away. Yeah, I think it's really cool hearing your sales journey and like the hustle. I mean, it, it was there. It, it's like the school of hard knocks. The only way to do it is by, you know, the learn. You can't really read it in a book. You have to go experience it. Right, right. You, know, you have yeah. to go out there. You have to put yourself in front of, you know, tough situations. And I think people don't do that enough. They don't put themselves into uncomfortable, tough situations like that and aren't ready, you know, aren't willing to do that and aren't willing to sacrifice like their comfort. Yeah. Even till today, it's like, you know, I'm so good at what I do. It's because I'm inside of the playing field and people get outside of the playing field. So I'll tell you what I mean. There's so many fucking sales trainers, by the way. I'm a sales trainer this. I sales train this. I sales train that. Yeah, but they're not in the fucking game. I'm in the game. Meaning like I have a sales team that I'm with every single day. I'm on calls with every single day. I role play with 20 to 30 different companies a week. 20, I see what, what's happening inside of the marketplace. I'm training my sales guys. I'm training other sales teams in other organizations, every other industry, seeing how new people are selling, see what new customers, I'm listening to my sales guys' conversations in today's day and age. 
and I'm doing it with my team and I'm selling with my team. So to me, it's like I, I keep myself in the game of sales because if I don't keep myself in the game of sales, then the the whole thing about education, I'm the sales trainer, well, it's irrelevant because you don't know today's day and age what's happening. Instagram didn't exist eight years ago. So the sales trainer that's training something back in the 1980s didn't know how to send off a cold DM to somebody's reel that just blew up with 47,000 views and how to DM that girl that just got her reel blown up with 47,000 views and say, hey, Linda, by the way, I noticed on your third last post, your reel blew up with 47,000 views. What the heck are you doing to monetize your social media? What is it that you do? I'm kind of curious. That wasn't in a book, 1987, right? So to me, it's like I constantly stay in the game. I test out the methods myself. I'll still sell my own shit 24-7. I'll still sell people on a fucking ticket to my event inside of the DM, see how they respond, deal with their objections inside of the dm because if i don't do it then i can't train it right so it's not even just like it's not just like the like i i genuinely not just enjoy you know doing it i I enjoy learning it so i could teach it a hundred times better when i'm in you know when i'm in the play so yeah i always stay up to date i I, you know i'm always in the game doing it you have to be in the game if not you're 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 out of touch uh-huh. with, with what reality is and what, what where we're at in, in modern times. Because, I mean, shit, sending a video face-to-face DM has so much power yeah, yeah. When, when you do say the right things. Yes, and, exactly. And, and, it, and sales is funny, you know, like, I'm aggressively curious. Like, I, I stay curious, and I uh-huh. feel like that's what, what's led me to where I am now. I mean, like, I, my story is very similar to yours. I was detailing cars, I was, but I was making a shit ton of money. I was making, like, $1,000, $2,000 a day detailing cars wow. out here. I made six figures before I was, you know, 18. Wow. It was insane. I took a pay cut to get into real estate. I didn't know it. Right, I, right. I, my first year, I, and I had to give up the detailing and that money to jump into real estate. Dude, why didn't you start a detailing business? I tried. I couldn't find anybody to duplicate myself. Oh, okay. okay. I, I, would, I wasn't willing to hand that oh. over with the relationships I've built, so, but I cultivated those relationships and turned into real estate Real estate, real estate transactions, sure. Because nice. I detailed all the real estate agents oh. in Vegas. So what happens when I got into real estate? Right, you had all My these... numbers saved in their phone as the detail guy. I, I would call it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I just said this yesterday. That, that's freaking wicked because I said yesterday, you know, it's, Everybody thinks so like one dimensional, right? So they're like, okay, this transaction, this relationship, whatever the case is, or they're just thinking, let's just say, for example, like you're in real estate and then you walk in an elevator, you forget to say hi to somebody. It's like, it's like you, you loaded up like your pipeline for whatever that meant, like six months, a year, five years down the road. And I said yesterday, I'm like, you know, you can't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. It's already too late. You know, you need groceries inside of the cupboards. It's already too late. And most people try to rush towards the end of the month and they haven't been talking to people in the fucking elevator that went up and down. They haven't complimented the cashier. So now towards the end of the month when they need to close people, they have no people to talk to. They're trying to go grocery shopping when they get hungry. It's like you try to dig the well when you're thirsty. It's already way too fucking late. So to me, it's like, you know, I always tell people, it's like, be conscious of people around you because you're going to need those people in one way, shape, perform or another. And even if it's not for a transaction, it's just life in general. I just think so many people run their life on autopilot. They miss opportunities. Right? And they forget, especially the people that are in sales, is that you're in a people business. Don't forget about people, you know? But anyways, I love it, bro. That's no, amazing. I watched your McDonald's one about how they were making fun of you. About- oh yeah, about the kiosk. Yes, yes, that was a- so good. That-, that was that was that was a great one. So, so for those of you that don't know, he was in McDonald's. His friends were making fun of him because there was a kiosk available, and he chose to walk up to the human, which is totally me. Because yeah, 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 yeah. We, the, I don't like real estate. I yeah, like yeah. people. It's yeah, yeah, just yeah, my yeah. vehicle to get around Correct. people. Right. So what's so crazy is I. I see the element. And so I guess this is my question for you is, do you allow everybody access to you? No, no, of course not. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, 
I'm open with everybody. I'm kind and nice to everybody. I love talking to everybody. I think access is like, you know, people in my circle, people that I'm constantly giving my energy to. Of course not. No way. Like, especially anybody that's negative, it just doesn't happen inside of my life. Mm-hmm. That's one. That's like the first thing. Any complainers, any sort of Ugh. negativity, anything, I don't even entertain it. Uh, I can't entertain it. I don't have the time to entertain it. And I have to pour my energy back into people. So I'm a fucking battery. So like some people, like some pe- even even if it goes in f- far social media, I see the way people operate. Some individuals like responding back to haters on their fucking posts. I don't entertain it. It's block, delete, done. I don't give you my energy. There's a hundred other people that I got to respond to and pour into a live stream. I'm not going to st- get stuck into that person's negativity. I don't allow it into my page. I don't let no negativity on side of my page. I don't want people to comment back to the post. It's block, delete, done. And if that individual is like, oh, fuck, I fucked up, I'm going to make them jump through ropes to get back to me and get back on one of my fucking live streams. I always say this. Damn. I'm like, you know, I, I make sure if somebody shits on me, you know, I'm going to block them, delete their ass. I'm going to work so fucking hard, build my empire so big that if they have to come up to me, they have to talk to like a long lost uncle or something like that. Like they're not, they're not getting, like, I'm going to make them work. I don't allow no negativity inside of my life. No complaining, no negativity. And I stop it right away. Even for myself, I point fingers. I got a couple pointed back at me. It's the same way. The moment I catch myself complaining, I stop it the exact same way. Right. Cause it's like my energy field. I'm like, okay, if I allow complaining with myself, then I'm going to allow somebody else to complain. So I also monitor my self complaint. Right. So the moment I start complaining to Steve and it's been two seconds, Oh, I stop myself. Check I'm a it. human. Right? Yeah, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, just, yeah, so I'm gonna stop it. Like, let me just go into solution base right now, not complaining base. Man, it was so hard. Dude, yesterday was a struggle. What the fuck can we do, you know, today not to make it like yesterday? It's two different people, right? One person's gonna claim, the other person's gonna go into solution right away. So I catch it myself too because, you know, I get what I allow. So, yeah. It's funny. We had an amazing day yesterday uh-huh. with clients and everything. Oh, and, filled our cup. Just I, one of those days that fills your cup. And it's not, not the money, it's the experience, like the energy exchange. And it's so important. People need to, and that's why we, she was talking about negativity because energy exchange and people taking from your energy, you have to be very weary of, or you have to be very cautious of auditing the people around you. Right. Always. Mm-hmm. Sorry, cutting you off. It's okay. And at the end of the day, my dad's in the hospital. He's been in the hospital since Monday. I'm not looking for like sadness. I deal with it pretty well or anything like that. But like at the end of the day, he's like, they're going to stick a tube down my throat. And I like do not have good experiences with hospitals, but I was like the highs and the lows and the energy and like where you place it and like where you place that energy, you know? And I just like, I got on Instagram and I was like, listen, my dad's in the hospital. Like he's going to be okay. He's strong. He's a survivor. And you just have to be really careful about how you deal with your highs and your lows. Cause like they come and energy is like everything to me and like what you allow into your space. So what I want to know is like, what do you do as far as your rituals? Like what's your rituals to keep you like energized and going and like, yeah, I mean, my health is first. I take care of that before anything. Um, like, you know, I mean, I only, this has been the first two weeks I never ran because I actually like, I have a sprained ankle. It looks like a ball right now. You guys can't see it. But, um, so I just sprained my ankle two weeks ago, but I run every single morning. I walk or run every single morning. Uh, I take care of my health first because like, I'm only as good as like my endurance. So if my endurance is low, if my energy is low, my health is low, like whatever I'm eating, whatever the case is, right. I'm always monitoring that first. So the first thing I do when I wake up is I take care of my health and since it's to me sometimes that's like the grind because like sometimes business is fun for me and I don't like 
running. I don't like going to the gym or anything like this. I, I do that right in the morning to get rid of it because I know it's the most important thing. So I get that task that I don't want to leave out towards the end of the day. I do it right in the beginning of the day. I don't want to wait till eight, nine o'clock because if I wait till eight, nine o'clock, I'm going to start making excuses towards the end of the day. I'm tired throughout the end of the day. Let me just get that shit done with early in the morning, right? Whether it makes you feel good or whether it drains you up for the day, it's the most important thing. Like taking care of your health, number one, is the most important thing. This is, it's it's with anything, you, you know, your food, your diet. I, I would say this is number one for me. And then um, I think number two, is you know part of my rituals is you know i i'm not a huge guy where it's like i gotta write down 15 things you know tom grateful for but to me it's like when i wake up one of my biggest things in life is like you know i just write down that you know i'm grateful for one more day and one more shot at this thing because to me life within itself is like the highest form of gratitude so i don't have to say like you know i'm grateful for my job i'm grateful of course but i think the biggest thing is like my why is to like my purpose in life is to like live, you know? And like sometimes we put, when people are like, what's your purpose? We put something else on a pedestal. So meaning like if somebody says their purpose in life is to retire their parents, their purpose in life is, you know, to impact millions of lives. Well, then you indicated that your purpose is, that purpose is more important than life within itself. When life within itself should be your highest fucking purpose. Meaning like, your purpose is to live. You can't indicate that your why is more important than life. So I always say my why is life because if I'm not just happy for life and I need something else to get me fucking motivated, right? Then I'm fucked up. Like the why is first life. Then everything else is like the goals. My why is that I lived. I'm not gonna indicate that like life is lower than, you know, making a hundred million this year. Life is first, hundred million is second. Right. So that's my first thing. It's like, you know, I always go back to, okay, I'm thankful for one more day. I got one more day at this thing called life. Right. Cause some I people don't it. get that next day, I that thing it. called life. And then we forget about it. Take it. Daniel, for what keeps you fucking motivated that I woke up this morning? That's it. What, what else? Like if you're so many people try to search all these external things, like I'm like, what, what I need this. And then I need to retire my parents. I'm like, wait, but you just forgot to be like, I just woke up this morning. Because the mo you, sometimes it doesn't click until something happens in life. Oh my God, life is so precious now. Like, like you, don't, you don't know what you have until you lose it. You don't know what you have until you start experiencing something usually, right? So I try to tap into it before that happens. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I don't, nothing bad has to happen to me in order to be grateful for life, right? It's like, you don't, you don't like, you're not like, oh, I'm so grateful that, you know, my tummy, you only want a good like stomach when your stomach starts hurting. But nobody just said, hey, man, I'm just grateful to have, you know, an amazing body. Just grateful to be healthy until it's gone. And then you're, oh, my God, I wish I was just normal. I wish my health and my life was just perfect right now. Right. So I always just give a blessing towards that first. I and then, love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. If people yeah. could only just grasp that, that one thing. Yeah, because that's, that's my source powerful. of energy. That's, that's my source of energy. I can, everything in my life could be fucked up. And then when I'm just like, oh, I woke up this morning. Right. So, yeah. Do you meditate? Uh, actively, meaning like most people think meditation is you have to go into a kumbaya state in the corner and put your hands up and then like start levitating. But to me, it's like, you know, meditation, meditation is be focused on one present thing in your thoughts, right? So to me, it's like you, you can actively, I'm meditating right now. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And then a lot of people would say, well, what does this guy mean by this guy's meditating in this podcast? Well, to me in this podcast, 
I'm not fucking thinking about what's going to happen next. Sure. I'm not thinking about what happened. And now we're going on my last conversation. I'm in the podcast. I'm focused. My, my halo of focus is on this podcast. I'm meditating. This is practice. So sometimes people got to practice if they're fucking brushing their teeth. Maybe instead of thinking you got to kumbaya and levitate, focus on the bristles hitting your freaking teeth. Maybe that's meditation because you're learning how to focus on the task in hand. So that's, I'm so like one, two, okay, now I'm doing this. I'm inside of it, right? I'm speaking on stage. I'm just speaking on stage. There's nothing else. It's us. It's them. That's it. I don't know what about what happened an hour ago. I don't know what's going to happen, you know, an hour ahead. I'm focused on, you know, that's my meditation. When I'm running, I'm focused on running. I'm focused on the breath. I'm focused on running. A thought comes in, I bounce it out. I'm focused on here. It's powerful. Right? And that's how I, I'm able to like, consciously be aware of what's coming inside of my life on small activities and that's how i'm able to have a high source of energy because you know when people like energy comes from having the ability to be present in any moment so that's where high energy stems from meaning when people aren't present that's when they have low energy so the best dinners that you had the best lunches that you had with your friends it's because nobody was on their fucking phones Everybody had their phones tucked away, right? Nobody was thinking about what just happened in the relationship and everybody's freaking vibing out and just talking with one another and they're in the present moment. They're not thinking about what's gonna happen in the next hour. They didn't think about what's happening. They're not looking on their phones. They're in the present moment. They're focused and that's why they have the highest source of freaking energy. So to me, it's like if I have a low source of energy, number one, you know, I'm not focused on the present moment. Number two, I'm probably unaligned in other areas of my life. But I always go back to being like, how am I, you know, I'm not inside of this right now. You know? How do you realign? Inside of my life? Yeah. Like How do you, I realign? Like when you feel that you're... Oh, yeah. I just go back to, you know, to, to me, alignment is, you know, knowing who Daniel wants to be, like, let's say 10, 15 years down the road. And is Daniel acting like the person? That's it. That's alignment for me. Meaning if I feel unaligned, right? If I don't feel like I have high energy sources, it means I say... You know, I want X, Y, Z inside my life. I say I want a family, but maybe you're clubbing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So you say you want one thing, but you're doing something else every single day. So you know who you want to be like, but you're not that person every single day. That's where you have an alignment. That's where your energy is a little bit low. If you say you want to be a millionaire, but you're working 45 hours a week, well, you know you want one thing, but you're doing something else every single day. You're not going to feel good about yourself. Your self-esteem, how good you feel about yourself, that's your fucking energy core. So if somebody's energy core is low, it's because they don't feel good about themselves. They don't feel good about themselves because they say they want one thing in the next 10 years, but they're not that person every single day. So they know they're living in a fucking lie. And if they know that, then their energy core is freaking low. They don't feel good about themselves because they're like, fuck, I know I want to be like that person, but I'm not showing up like that person every single day. And that should be the trigger and it's self-awareness. Exactly. So when I'm like, you want to get back your energy levels, some people don't even know who they want to be like. So that's step number one. Whew. Who do you want to be like? Then number two is like, because majority of people don't have that down pat. Oh, you no. ask them. If you ask somebody where their head is, they'll be, the like, they, they don't yeah, they'd be like, they give well. an answer that's catered to you. Yes. It's yeah. not like a real like. I would love to try this. I would love to try. What the fuck do you mean? Where, where's your life head in the next 10 years? People don't know. So that's like one thing. It's clarity. One, they got to get clear. And then after they get clear, then they got to keep themselves in check and say, am I showing up like that person? That's where a lot. Because when you say you want one thing and you show up as that person and you just did your best that day to show up. That's where you feel, that's when you're like, ah, I feel good about myself, man. 100%. You know, it's not even yeah. just about the results. It's like, shit, I just feel good. Like, I, I, I'm showing up as the person that I want. And I would I would really compare myself. I would look at myself. I'm like, you're not that person you want to be like in 20 years. Oh, yeah. I do look that. at the people that you want to, you, you, you're trying to emulate and be like, what are they doing right now? You're not like that person right now, right? So, yeah. 
it's like the servo mechanism in our brain telling us, hey, go over here listen to that and like trusting yourself to like right. hey i feel out of alignment this i i know i'm not doing the right thing i know i should be doing that and, and you have to make conscious decision to change it right right or you're just going to stay the same forever right and you're gonna have to change the people around you that's one of the things i mentioned because people will, will keep their fr same friends in the same circle and uh -huh. listen to the same shit and they'll be the same and they're uh -huh. never going to change and even if they have these desires because the people around them will bring them down right unintentionally or intentionally yes yes i agree wow Fucking mind blown, right? I am mind blown. I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't realize how good. Like, every time I think I'm going to ask you a question, like, you answer. You just, like. Your sales ability is, like, I feel it. I love this is my shit, though. Like, I love like, your energy. Like, I know. If, 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 your Q &A, if somebody says, like, no, I mean, like, this, like, settings, like, where, where it's, like, you know, Q&A, question and answer. This is my thing. That's why I, I enjoy when you guys said, you know, you guys want to keep it candy. You guys want to have a conversation. Yeah. Even yesterday, I was speaking, and I said, guys, like, let's rock with Q&A. Let's rock with role play. Because if anything, you know, we learn with interaction with each other. You know, I could teach it all day, but it's better to rock it out with you guys and answer. So I love the conversation back and forth. And I think, you know, you know, I've, I've, this is almost like I've been doing like, you know, the Q&A thing and the conversational thing with my audience for a while. So I'm like this, like, I love Q&A because I've been doing it with my live streams every single night for four or five years. Like, you know, I beam in my audience and my audience asks me questions every single night, like 10 people, eight people, Monday to Friday. Hey, where are you from? Where are you calling from? What's your question? Right. And then I would just go back and forth, back and forth and have the conversation. So, That's so cool. I love this. I appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. Yeah. man. This is great. Have any experience with the law of attraction? Yeah. And can you talk on that? Yeah. I mean, like shit. I, I do. I, I've been doing it since I was young, you know, like when even now, like this past weekend, you know, you don't know what you want until your brain's exposed to it, right? So, like, oh, sure, yeah. thinking about something is great. You know, you could think about something and you can manifest it inside of your life. But even to me, like, you know, this weekend I moved down to Florida from Toronto, Canada. So I'm from Toronto, Canada, and I'm just like, okay, I want some better weather. I moved down to Florida. And, you know, when I moved into Florida, now you're like, oh, my God, it's beautiful palm trees, you know. And then, okay, we're the big homes. So then I take my jet ski out, and now I'm on the water on the weekends, going through homes that are 25 to 35 million dollars sunset island star island these beautiful places you know on the water and i never knew in my life that you know these even like these neighborhoods on water existed like people these kids they're on their floaties you know these celebrities are talking to each other you know water to water you know they're on their boats relaxing they're on their wakeboards they're on their paddle boards and i'm like Shit, I would have never wanted it. this. I would never knew this it was even possible until I put myself in the position. Like, okay, now that's what I wanted. And now I'm there waving to the neighbors saying, what's up? Da, da, da. It's a little bit more real for me, right? So I'm putting myself in that environment. So everything that I've ever wanted inside of my life, I always went the level deeper. Every single car that I fucking wanted, I went inside of the dealership, drove the car, knew I was going to get it. Every single neighborhood that I wanted to live in, waved hi to the neighbors, knew I was going to fucking live in there. So I still do it till today. You know, I'm driving my jet ski. I'm saying hi to the neighbors. Neighbors think I fucking live in the area because you're not supposed to be in the jet skis in that area. So they're saying hi, hi back to me and stuff, right? Because I snuck in. So I'm just getting used to it right? I'm programming myself to get used to it. Obviously, you know, you know, I'm attracting it inside of my life. But, you know, to me, it's like, I've always mixed my attraction with, you know, like my activity inside of my life. So it's not like, oh, I'm just going to wake up and this thing's going to come inside of my life. You know, I'm a hard fucking worker. 
I, I, I work hard. I've never met anybody in the world that's ever outworked me inside of my life. Like I work, I wake up at 7 a.m. I do 50 things throughout the day and then by like 3 a.m. I'm down and out. If this guy can't edit a video, I'll fucking edit the video at 3 a.m. You know, I'm, I'm a worker seven days a week, right? I've been doing it since I was 15. I've, I'd never, I never took a day off inside of my business in my life, in my life for the last 10, 13 years probably. I never took one day off inside of my business. And to, to me, it's because I just enjoy my game. Like I enjoy, I enjoy doing this. So some people, it might be fucking war for them and they might get exhausted and they might get depleted because they're at war with themselves. So if they're at war with themselves, that's why people say, well, dude, you need to sleep longer. No, no, no. Well, to me, you know, there's a difference between like rest, sleep and restfulness. I'm at restfulness throughout the day. So my body doesn't require nine hours of sleep because I'm not in fight with my internal head. And when you're in fights with your internal head, you require a lot more sleep. When you're stressed out, you're going to need to sleep eight hours a day if you don't fucking love what you do. But if I love what I do and I'm enjoying it 24 seven and obviously there's struggles, but I'm not at war with my own mind. I don't need to sleep nine hours a day. I'm restful throughout the day. I'm fucking enjoying the game throughout the day. Maybe I only need five hours a day. Maybe you need nine hours because maybe you don't like what you do but i fucking love what i'm doing right now you know so i need i'm at restfulness that's what your body like your body requires relaxful and restfulness that's why people meditate they're in their thoughts anytime you're sad you're crying when we were young we had to sleep a lot longer we had to sleep on shit that's why people said sleep on shit you had to sleep longer nine hours you know but if you're more at peace and i know how to be control of my emotions and filter in all the things that are coming inside of me and like Nothing in life is going to work perfect, but if I can learn how to filter everything that's coming inside of my life and be at peace with that and not be at war with myself, then I can require me lasting seven days a week and doing it seven days a week, right? And still find time for everything else. Like in the process of me working, I'll still go to my, you know, my grandparents' house on a Sunday when I'm, you know, every single Sunday, religiously go to my grandparents' house, spend four hours at Sim, spend a few hours with my friends and get back to work, you know? It's like I still figure out a way to do all the other things inside of my life, right? 100%. That's very important. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think there's a saying like, would you rather be a, um, a, a warrior in a garden or a gardener in a war? And I think right. it's, it's powerful what you said. Like, you, A warrior in the garden. Would you rather be a warrior in a garden or a gardener in a war? You'd rather be a warrior in a fucking garden. Sure, 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 sure. You'd have sure. your shit down, not a war with yourself. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's that's the ultimate demise. I think it's right. it's beautiful how you, how you placed that and right. said that. That's great. Um, I watched the or the secret when I was eight years old. Right. Wow. Fucking changed my life. It started with eight eight years old. She did that. She because she watched it and her fucking sales went through the roof. She was a young mom. We were we wow. grew up together. So I, I watched it. You under in a down market Dude, like, the week after watching the secret. Wow. So I mean, at a young age, I was like, of course, I want to like dirt bikes and trucks and stuff. Everything I ever put on any one of my dream boards, I've always gotten. So I started at a young age, and I was self aware, created the self awareness. Like, oh shit, I have the power to do that. Okay, it's like, it was like a game when I was younger. But then I got older, and I read Think and Grow Rich, and I studied it, and that was like my Bible. And then I was like, oh shit, like this stuff's powerful. And it's not just like the think; it's like the internal like self awareness where you know you're guided, and you have your guidance. It's like I'm out of alignment where I'm at. I need to go over here, and you trust go over here. And then you see that works. You're like, okay, what's the next thing? And it's it's, con it's like that internal conversation, right, 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 the internal right, right. guidance to get you to where you want to go. And that's uh, that's how I've I've built everything I have, is, wow. is by that principle and learning. I thought learning. I started young, dude. Bro, I mean, eight that, years how old. old do you think I, I used to I used to twenty five. Yeah, just you turned twenty five. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I used to walk up to people at Discount Tire and ask to detail their Bentleys. I mean, like I had no fear at a young age. I did the same thing you did. I mean, I was just in a different facet. Going to a real estate office, who needs their car done? And I would and I would do that. I mean, I dude, I wake up at four a.m. I would do thirty cars in a day. I would I would wake up at four a.m. and do a fleet at the Palms Hotel. After I was done with the fleet, then I do the executives. They'd have me do Lambos, three hundred to Lambo. Then I'd go do the Rolls Royces down at the Venetian. I was doing right, the gondola right, right, boats. Right, right. I mean, it's, it, it yeah, because cr- you guys have all these wicked cars down here. Fucking crazy. It's a awesome. lot of lot of money in the right places. Obviously at the hotels. But I mean, I was right. I was like seventeen, eighteen. They're right. like, oh, you need a five million dollar insurance policy. I was like, okay, how do I get a five million dollar insurance policy? You're like, you need a business license. He's like, where do I get a business license? It's like, uh-huh. I had no idea what uh-huh. I was doing. And, yeah. you know, on when the business side of things. When he was under 18 and checks started showing up in the mail, I was like, what the heck is going wow. on? Wow, yeah. But that's because, I, I, you know, I just went out and did it. You know, I uh-huh. wanted it. I wanted. It. didn't want to go to school. I was yeah. like, you got to get a job. I was like, fuck, well, I'm going to go wash cars. So I washed cars right. for somebody else. Then I had somebody driving me around while I washed cars because I was old enough to drive. And then when I was old enough to drive, I did it on my own, tried to get help, couldn't get help. I just did it all myself and just hustled my ass off for four, three, right four on, years. Dude. Wow, crazy. And, you know, I learned through that the power of my mind because when I was detailing cars, I was listening to Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, Les Brown, Zig Ziglar, like uh-huh. just feeding my mind. Yeah, 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 I didn't yeah. Have any, I didn't have hangout friends. I just worked. I didn't know any, any different. Yeah. And I just was feeding my mind. And it's crazy that, you know, that that is a testament to where I am today is just by feeding my mind good things and, you know, knowing that I have control of my own situation, my own reality, and I can create my future with my thoughts. Right. And the internal conversation I have with of myself all day and trusting myself and mm-hmm. weeding out the bad shit that I know that I shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Getting rid of the people I need to get out of my life, getting out of my uncomfort, getting uncomfortable, going, walking up to a person that you have no business walking up to and asking them for their business right, and then right. getting it done. And like the reward of that and then building those relationships and like the relationships I built from detailing, I still have today. Why mm-hmm. my biggest mentor came from me washing his car. Wow. And I still, I, I just went to lunch with him the other day. He's like, he's like, you're like my little brother. It's so cool seeing like you took all my advice and you just ran with it. And he, wow. I mean, I saw checks I and mean, he's a motivational speaker, 250 grand in a week. I'm like, dude, like this dude knows something I don't. And you know, I was wow. like, what do you, what advice do you have to give me? And then I asked and he gave it to me, he told me to listen to those people. I listened to him every day. And so for three, four years, I was getting education from the legends. Right. Now what's the play for you guys just to grow the business? Grow the real estate business. Well, this is a passion project because she loves energy exchange. She loves right, right. The, this. Love this fills her people. cup. Yeah, I could tell. You know, I I love um, learning from other people, and I think there's so many things that people can learn from other entrepreneurs. So this is special to me. Um, and then the real estate. And this builds your brands too. Yeah, I mean, right. it, this is this is. We a, couldn't get content out, out quick fast enough. enough. So, Eddie, the guy that introduced us, was like, he called me on my bullshit. Yeah, I was like, I want to do a podcast. Said, okay, is it? He sent him all the stuff, stuff and, and we like, bought oh, it. Shit. What do you mean? Like he sent us like what to oh, buy. Oh, okay, 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 and okay. Like I like said something him. to him and he called me on my bluff. He's like, all right, let's do it. And I was like, okay. Was that the guy that hooked us up? Yeah. yeah. And so oh, this cool. all built because like we played. How long ago? Less than, less than six months ago. This is new. I mean, we started nice. released our first 10. Like November or December we started this. Oh, wow. Right on. Yeah, nice. This is nice. like Very brand new. new. So left corporate America, worked for a real estate company with him. Uh-huh. We hated that because people were coming down the hallway like, how, how do I do Facebook? Do- Can you help me with my email? I'm like, this isn't the place for me. I need to get get a better environment. Sure, sure. Went to some guys flipping homes, did 65 flips with them, learned the inner workings of flipping. And I was like, if these guys can run a company, I was like, so can we. I was like, we want to change our environment. Have so you guys control. do wholesale? I learned how to do that. Okay. We do a traditional real estate here. So okay. she, she specializes in new construction homes. Gotcha. I do the residential side of things. We have a commercial division here. So nice. we're all facets of real estate here. And Just re- a boutique. 
And then I got licensed to do loans last December. So I do loans okay, now. Okay, right on. Nice. So we're a full operation. Nice. You I guys do. have a sales team? Yeah. Small, but that's why, like, I look to you because, like, we're that's I'll a whole a new fucking thing. Yeah. Okay. We're learning because yeah, yeah. being a, being good at sales is one thing, but being a good as a leader uh-huh. is a whole fucking other oh, thing. Oh, it's such a good topic. Yeah, yeah. I was saying this yesterday. I was saying like, you know, everybody like us, people that were hustling since day one, we're all good at sales. Like, you know, like, and then when when somebody asks you, man, how, you're you're kind of like, oh fuck, I never reverse engineered this. Like, I know how to do it myself, but in order to teach, it's a whole nother thing. Right, it's like why, and then most most sales managers aren't the best sales managers because they're just like, why couldn't you get the fucking deal done, right? So you know, it's a whole nother way to you know understand people, you know, and have that emotional intelligence. Number one, to understand yourself, then to other understand other people, and then how to couple that together. That's like the highest level. It's like you know, first understand yourself, which you know that's the first thing. Understand how you win. So I always reverse engineer how I win, mm-hmm. and then you know learn how to talk to people, you know, how to get them to influence them, to get them to do, you know, what they need to do to perform at their highest self. Like, you know, there's a big difference in management and leadership. You know, a manager, like a sales manager is always just going to point the finger. A regular fucking manager is going to say, hey, you got to do this, this, and this because you need to get your numbers in and we need to do this, this, and this, right? Well, that's not a good form of leadership and that's not going to influence people to be at their most productive self. Now, a leader, on the other hand, is not going to be like, hey, you know, uh, go wash these floors because, you know, we need to get this done right now and it's eight o'clock and, you know, Linda, you got to go wash these floors. Management style, leadership style is to say, hey, Linda, come here. How you feeling? Good. How's everything? Amazing. Nice. Relationships good. Okay, cool. Hey, by the way, um, we have this amazing group of people coming in today. Um, and I want to know if you can handle when they come in, like, I want this place when they walk in the first impression, like the floors to be pristine. So the air smells great. Do you think you can handle this responsibility that you're just in charge of making sure the first impression when these people walk in is just a fucking world-class experience? Do you have that? Yeah, I can do that. Now she feels like there's like a sense of empowerment there. There's two types. That's leadership versus management. So that takes a while to understand Because that, you have to understand humans and how they operate and how I'm going to make this person perform at their highest self. Instead of saying, you need to hit your numbers, hey, how's everything going, number one? What's happening in your life? Before the fucking numbers, if one of my reps is not producing, I can guarantee you it's another aspect of their life that's fucked up or they're thinking about something else. It's not my training. So I'm going to go first back to that. Now I'm going to go, okay, now how does this person tick? How do I talk to this person? My training's fucking great, but if it's not clicking with this guy, how does the guy learn? Right? How do I get into a conversation with the guy? How do I make the guy listen to me? How do I make the guy feel good about himself that he can actually do the job? Right? Training might be great, but if he doesn't feel he can do it, if he doesn't have the right belief system, then he's never going to do it. Maybe he doesn't believe that, you know, like maybe my training's great. He believes that it works for Daniel, but he doesn't believe that it's going to work for himself. And I always say, you can't, you know, outperform the person that you think you are inside of your own head. So maybe one of my reps don't feel like they're a multi-millionaire producer. So whatever I say is completely irrelevant because anytime he starts getting close and he starts having a $7,000 check because he doesn't see himself making six figures a month, it's going to kick him back down and say, hey, by the way, Johnny, remember who you were four months ago? Remember you were the dropout kid. Watch out. You're getting close to 10,000. You're not that person. Boom. It kicks him back down. So his belief system, you know, sometimes I feel like business and sales move so much faster than the belief that you have in yourself. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So like life moves faster than personal development sometimes. That's just the way business is. You get in and it's like boom, 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 boom. And then your mindset hasn't caught up. Your belief system hasn't caught up. 
right? So it's like sometimes you got to work on that before even like the strategy and stuff. So yeah, you know, managing salespeople. And that that's like, I think the most fulfilling part of like your guys' business after it's like you see like 10, 20 other people producing six, seven figures, right? That's like the growth. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. it clicks. Yeah. And they're doing good. And they're doing good, yeah. Oh. And it, it's like the best feeling. Fucking we had one Energizer of our agents Bunny just fills your cup. the other day get her first real estate transaction. And I was like, oh, it's like a proud mom moment for me. Right. You know, like, oh my gosh, it clicked. They got it. They've got the training wheels off. They're do they're going like. <laughs> you finally let the kid go, and you're like, oh shit, they might fall, but just they're doing it. They're doing it. <laughs> That's good. And uh, has training. You guys do all your training. Yeah. Nice. We do it all. Nice. So that's what that's what makes it so special, and that's why we want to keep it small because we really go deep with people. Right, right. We don't. We're you not. Get on we're not like here's a class. Here, no, like let me go to your listing appointment with you. Let me show you how I pitch them, and then you can do it yourself. Right. They come to my listing appointment with me, then I do the same for them. I go with them, and then I audit, and we go into the car after we're done. Like, what could what, what could you have done better? Right. Let's audit that and see how we can make this better next time. Right. Or it we went really well. And this is we I record listen to, sales we calls. We both listen because we're two different salespeople. Oh, yeah. Like, he's very different from me. So we both audit the call and, like, nice. give feedback, like, constructive criticism of, like, uh -huh. like how we can role play, how we can have that conversation, record your phone calls, mm -hmm. listen to yourself. Like, sometimes it's painful, but the more right, you do it, course, the better you get. Right, of course, right. You know? So, right. so one of the things that I think about is, like, with social media the way it is, how do you overcome, like, the social awkwardness, not only of like the younger generation, but like anybody in general who's gotten very glued to like the comfort of being able to pick up the phone to doing it instead of the face-to-face -face interaction. How do you overcome what on? Like how, when you see that in a human that's resorted to like, they'll Phones, get, yeah. the, you know, they'll pull out the text message, they'll pull out the email, but getting them to get it on the phone, like, or. Oh, getting person on a phone? Like on a phone or like. On the, a sales call? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, like, okay. So to me, it's like, you know, salespeople have to understand their job. And when they don't like, for example, you know, your guys show is the one hustle and what it meant when you guys said that in the beginning, it's like one thing and focus on that one thing. And then you can focus on the next thing, but you got to dial in the first thing first. Right. 100%. And I think salespeople, they create this whole, they feel like, okay, so like, like prospecting is one thing. So what does that mean? It's like sending a DM and sending an email is one thing. The second thing, after you're done that one thing, the second thing is to get them onto a conversation. The problem is, is that most people, right? They try to do everything inside of the DM, but you're not gonna sell over there. Now you gotta translate it into the phone call, right? So I always tell my reps, it's just step number one is engagement. Like, you know what I mean? Your whole job, First job, number one in sales, is just to pique curiosity to get them interested enough to get them on a conversation. If I, I will show everybody that, hey, it's almost gonna be virtually impossible to just do text by text by text by text. They're gonna have this interaction, they're gonna have this, they're gonna leave you on ghost, blah, blah, blah. It's just, so your first job, I always tell the beginning reps, hey, your only job in the beginning stage is to invite people, get them on the conversation, then on the conversation, don't, don't but what do I do on the conversation? That's the second thing. For the first four weeks, all I need you to is figure out a way to get creative enough to people pique people's interest to get them onto a conversation. That's it. It's the first thing. That's why I tell my reps, I'm like, don't create sales anxiety before it even happened. I won't even train you on presenting until you get in. You first understand prospecting first. 
You can't, well, I suck at closing. No, you don't. You don't suck at closing. How many people have you presented to? I presented to three people. Why have you presented to three people? Well, how many people have you talked to? Oh, I talked to 18 people that week. You don't suck at closing. You didn't fucking talk to enough people this week. You talked to 18 people. Marissa's out there talking to 180 people. She gets 19 presentations. She closes two deals. So maybe you don't even suck at closing. Maybe you're not even talking to enough people. And if you want to get a layer deeper, maybe you're talking to enough people, but the opening message already sucks right away because you're already talking about your product. So you went into the conversation saying, hey, you know, I've seen XYZ. I think you would be amazing for us. And you're selling in the first conversation. So maybe just the opening message is where you lose people. So maybe you don't suck at closing. Maybe you just don't even know how to engage somebody and pique their interest and say, hey, by the way, I seen your last reel. It got 85,000 plays. What the heck is it that you do? I love your energy. You can't even get somebody to reply to you. You don't suck at closing. You suck at getting somebody to reply to you in the first five seconds. So some people are trying to fix something up and they're like, oh, I need this freaking magic oh. pill. No, you don't need that fucking magic pill. Maybe you just got to go for a walk every single day. There's no, there's no strategy behind it, right? There's no fucking magic pill. You're just not doing the opening thing. Like you got to take care of, you got to look at the core root. When you take care of the core root, like I always look at my salespeople's core root. What's the first thing that they're doing? Number one, it's numbers. Then number two, it's engagement. You know, then number two, it's like engagement. Cause that's, it's report, which is number two, which never stops. Cause report is not finding a point of commonality. Report is a process of engagement. That's what report is. How well is somebody engaged with you? You can be in report with me and I'm not even in report with you, but you're in report with me because you already watched my video. So you already felt like you knew me before I walked in the studio because you were already engaged with me. So you already had a sense of engagement with me. That's what report is. So I'm like, they're not even engaged with you, right? It's not about, oh, he likes soccer and I like soccer. No, it's can the person engage with me? It's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So if you go look at a rep's conversation, you could see somebody that they're going to get ghosted towards the end of a conversation because they've been out of sync at the beginning stage of the conversation because they sent off seven messages and it was blue, 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 and nobody even replied back to them, right? There was no message back. So I can go see, oh, well, I'm getting ghosted a lot. Well, why are you getting ghosted a lot? Well, because you talked for 18 minutes inside of your presentation. So now you're out oh. of report with them and no shit, you're going to get ghosted. So it's not what you do when you get ghosted. It's like, it's like, it's not what you do to get Daniel. What do I do? I got ghosted. What do I say to this client? You already fucked up. What are we going to do on the next presentation? Okay. What am I going to do? Dude, the girl didn't text me back and we just went on it. I thought we went on an amazing base. She didn't text me back. What do I say just to get her back? Dude, she ghosted you. It's not, it's not what you say now on the ghost. It's what you don't say on the next date. On the next one. You think about this what is happened. Training you. Yeah, it's like it's like you just think go back to the next date. Oh, you talked for 19 minutes on the last date? Maybe that's why you fucking got ghosted. You didn't give a shit about her, so she doesn't give a shit about you. So boom, she's on Tinder swiping the next guy. Or she's on Facebook going to the next guy, or whatever the case is. It's 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 always you go to the core route. You don't go to the ending. So I hate when people say, Yo, what's the best? closing line i'm like fuck that you just need to know how to say hi to somebody right get i watch i watch you today and you walk by 18 people without saying hi to them you want me to teach you how to close you can't even say hi to somebody so if somebody says how do you break that person that's a robot on their dm or their phone i would say step number one literally step number one you're talking about you know the subconscious mind and programming and reprogramming step number one is Go up to people for the first 30 days and just say hi to people for 30 days. If it is, you're so used to being online, go say hi to people for 30 days. Nobody does anymore. We used to do it 15 years ago, right? When you used to walk into school, you say, say hi to people. But no, now I nobody, make people uncomfortable. But now nobody I talk fucking to everybody. says hi to nobody. It's crazy. We, the people we talk, at our coffee shop. Yeah. 
We they they caught walk in before it used like, to be normal. By the way, oh, before engagement used to be normal. Oh, I know. Before fifteen years ago, when you used to bring in school, high used to be normal. Now high isn't even fucking normal. If you say people, high, they're gonna they be like, oh my god, this person wants to steal They my look kids. at their, their phone. phone. Or you see yeah. people that yeah. walk up to you and like act like they're looking on their phone. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Keep walking. Of course. So my biggest thing that is uncomfortable. Yeah. So if somebody, I wouldn't even say go become a closer. It's like go learn how to say hi to somebody for thirty days straight. Just hi. Don't even learn how to compliment somebody. Don't even say, hey, I love your pink shirt. That's too much. You might get nervous. You don't want to say that because you've been so programmed inside the DM. You should just say, <gasps> hi. I love this. You should just say, this hey, great. hi, 30 days straight. Now you're going to be like, oh my God, I broke that fear that I always had to go in up to somebody and just say hi because we're not programmed to say hi anymore. Then after that, I would say for the next 30 days, then go up to somebody, look at them top to bottom in the first five and a half seconds, then say, hey, love your nails, love that they're matching the picture, I love it, you're color-coordinated, amazing. Now you got. Now you see the humans replied that are nice. Now you can see there's some sort of engagement back. Then I would say the next 30 days, go up to somebody, say hi, plus a compliment, then strike a conversation, be like, hey, where did you get the pink shirt? Now you're inside of a conversation, but I just can't go teach somebody how to close. I gotta get them to say hi, then I gotta teach them how to observe somebody and give a compliment, then I gotta teach them how to get love into it. a conversation, then I gotta teach them boom how to translate and how to pivot it into business but always go back to the core problem some people can't even say hi to some people so that's like the first fucking thing i always test my sales reps i'm like dude where did you leave your highs on the table this month right damn where I did you that. leave your highs on the table this yeah month? i'm using that you're leaving <laughs> money on the table if you leave highs on the table oh i'm using everything <laughs> it, it's crazy people don't understand the value and just being a human and engaging with other people. You never right. know what's how you're going to cross paths with somebody. And I meet it, the coolest people by engaging. Yeah. yeah, yeah, same, yeah. The guy sitting in front of the, the coffee shop, the people inside it, yeah. the elevator, just every opportunity Crazy. you get, get or every experience you have and anything you do, you have an opportunity. Inside. Steve, who the fuck did we meet by my door open? So, 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 I, you know, I have another office in Florida and I always just say, it's like, you know, don't forget to hold the door open to people, our conversation, say hi to people. And it's just like, you know, like hold the door open for one guy. And then that one guy, you know, he's speaking on my stage the next week just because I held the door open for him. And then this guy is the fucking biggest NFT creator in the world. Like we're talking about, he creates every NFT for every celebrity. He works upstairs in my office in Miami, Florida. We have a shared office space right now, right? So I'm downstairs. He's upstairs. And uh, he's from Toronto. I'm from Toronto. Conversations start to happen. Then this guy's this big guy, blah, blah, blah. The next week, he's on my stage. We're doing business just from one door open because he was locked out. I'm like, dude, we get locked out every single night as well because we get locked out when we try to leave. So like somebody asked, so I heard somebody knocking. I opened the door. I'm like, what the fuck do you guys do till 3 a.m.? Because I'm the only guy in this office till 3 a.m. Oh, we do this, 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 this. Boom, we're in a conversation just from a door open, right? And just from like a simple high. Reads everything. That shit, that shit turns me on. I love that shit. Oh, yeah. There's a WeWork you know? in downtown Summerlin, and we were going to an event, my friend Kate and I, and um, the elevator wouldn't go up. So we got out to tell the security guard, and I was like, everything's happening for us. Here comes Shaquille O'Neal. And it was so funny because I held the elevator, let him get on the elevator, and I didn't do, like, any fangirling or anything uh -huh. like that. Just, like, human. Like, Ooh, hi. Shaquille? Ha yeah, Shaquille. Oh, O'Neal. Yeah. And it was so funny because he's like, all you have to do is, what did you say to me? And Daniel's like, oh my god, mom, you didn't say hi or get a picture. No, I was like, you didn't say shit to him. I was like, you just like, you just let him, let him walk in the elevator, held the just, elevator, and didn't use that opportunity. I was like, right. but you first have to know how to say hi to somebody, right? Right. And that right, was uncomfortable, right, right. you know, at, at a time, you know, out uh -huh. for her. Oh, he's like, all you have to do is believe, because and then the elevator went up. <laughs> 
I was like, oh, he my said God. that? Yeah. Shaquille? Uh-huh. He said, all you have to do is believe? Yeah. <laughs> and then it went up? Yeah, and then it went up. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, so, but, like, he's like, why didn't you say anything? I was like, I don't know. It's just, like, he's in his element, and, like, uh-huh. I wasn't looking to gain anything, but it was, like, right, a right, cool right, experience. Right, right, right. You know, we rode yeah. the elevator with him, his energy. Uh-huh. I'm really yeah. big on energy, so. Of course, yeah, yeah. How's I it? meet a lot of people, too, like, in, in Florida. Like, we're always in the elevator, and the, the heat, all the players stay in, inside of my building because I'm right across from the arena. So I meet, you know, everybody in the arena, dude. I'm like, you know, what the fuck are you doing going out to party? I told one of the guys last week. He said, like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You got a game to play next week, right? He's like, oh, I'm injured right now. So I'm fucking around with him. You know, we have a good time. Uh, but yeah, I'm always, I'm always, you know, opening up for, cause you, you don't know where conversations ever lead you to. And another thing is like, I am, I'm such a big person on whether it leads to business or not. I just think our job as a human being is just to realize that, you know, everybody in life goes around with a sign on their head saying like, please understand and please help me. And you know, when you start to realize that it's like not everything has to end up into a business conversation and not everybody has to end up into a lead, but some people, you know, just want to say, Hey, by the way, man, you have just such an amazing smile, great freaking energy. And that person that could shift that person's day. Cause everybody's going through something inside of their own head and everybody's something it's like, even for myself, you know, some people are like, Oh, this guy must be a fucking robot, dude. We share all the same problems. I got something inside of my head saying, Hey, please understand me in different formats. I wish somebody can understand me. Damn. I wish somebody can maybe just toss me a compliment today. So like one compliment can shift somebody's whole fucking day and doesn't have to, you know, translate back into business. I always say it's like, you know, your character and your leadership is based on how you treat people that have or can have zero fucking impact towards your business. That's how your morals and your ethics are fucking tested. It's like how you treat people with kindness and those people have zero impact towards your fucking you know, income or your financial statement. Yeah, you have nothing to gain from it. Yeah, you have nothing to gain from them. That's, you know, your true fucking character. Like, I don't need anything from this transaction, right? So... That's a powerful place to live in, though. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, yeah. It's funny, I was going to ask you how the energy was in Miami. You talked about the elevator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Florida's amazing right now. Florida is the Florida is one of the greatest cities right now to live in. Personally, it's... it's it's I've traveled everywhere. You guys are like, well, Vegas is amazing. Uh, well, I went we to Miami. Liked Miami. I, I considered we moving said to Miami. That yeah. we could live in Miami. Like, if I were to go into a place next, it would be in Miami. Because, yeah. like, when I went there to, for Grant's event a couple years back, I was like, the energy there was just complete. The restaurants and just the energy and it's just like now it's even tenfold because oh. everybody went there after everything happened in the last two years. The mayor, you know, he's a fucking Dude, superstar a, there because oh. he kept the city running. And now it's like obviously, you know, the real estate there is like you know much higher, but. Everybody, you know, a lot of people left from California, Texas, you know, state, you know, state taxes, obviously, you know, Florida state taxes, it's better. So, you know, even myself, you know, from Toronto, the weather, the taxes, everybody's moving down to Miami, all the entrepreneurs are moving down there, a lot of celebrities are moving down there. And I don't think I'd probably stay in Miami, I'd probably move 20 minutes south now, probably to a, you know, a nicer home with a little bit more comfort, you know, but Miami's just amazing. Florida's amazing. Well, I'm happy this guy set set everything up. Like the guy Dude, came this up. This is cool. no, he's so great. Because cool. I put up a post, right, saying if if somebody wants to be on my podcast, you know, let me know, hit me up, blah blah blah. If you want me to be on somebody's podcast, this was like four months ago. I was in the car. I'm like, if you want me on your show or you want me to be on somebody else's show, let me know. Oh right? damn, that's how long ago it was. I remember when yeah, he did it was that. like a few months ago. Yeah, he was like, and, I'm gonna get this guy on our podcast. And, and I said when people hit me up and they're like, oh, can you do the show? I'm like, nope, I don't want to do virtuals anymore. 
right? So I like rarely do I want to do the virtual thing because we've been doing the virtual thing for the last year and a half, you know, over you know the pandemic. So I said I don't want to, I don't want to do. I'm like, but if you have a show in person and I'm in the city, I'll rock it out. So he came up to me yesterday, you know, and then he said, hey, "How you did do he the address podcast? you? I want to know." He just, just came up to me. He's like, "Hey, dude, do you remember when you made that post about uh, doing the this. podcast?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I do remember." He said. Hey, uh, my friends, you know, they have a podcast here in Las Vegas. Oh, no, they have a podcast. They would love to be on it. And I said, okay. I'm like, you know, like, just send me over the information. And then I said, wait, is a podcast in Vegas? And he said, yeah. I'm like, well, I have tomorrow time, you know, at 11, 12 o'clock. We can rock out a podcast. Let's do it. He's like, okay, do you want to know? I'm like, no, no, I don't care about it. Just tell me the address. Oh, I love that. I, I'm like, I don't want to hear it. That. I, look, I, I told him. I'm like, I don't want to hear about it. Tell me. What's his uh, number? Oh, right here. Look. He said, uh, I love he it. just sent me, he just sent me podcast 10 a.m. I'm like, send me the address. I'm like, I don't want to hear anything else. Just send me the address, right? Fucking he just texts me the address. I'm like, I don't want to know name a show, who it is, whatever. If it's in person, let's fucking rock fucking out with love it. it. He texts us like and that. he's like, please tell me you can, you make, can make 10 a.m. happen. And, and I, I, was like, with him. I was like, what time? I didn't even know who it was. <laughs> uh-huh. And I said, let's go. Oh, we, okay. we can do it. We have. Then he that told you I was coming on. And then he told me who it was, and I was like, "Okay, I gotta do some good questions for this one." Like <laughs> this I was n- fun. I enjoyed this. I never yeah. ring my phone because I love to be here She's and present, present. Oh. and I love. But I was like, I want to make sure I ask every question while I've got you in my presence. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, you, the energy exchange has been amazing. Like, I appreciate yeah. you you coming yeah. out today. Thank that you was, guys. That was great. It, yeah. And it's funny, like, I love Eddie. Like, that dude's like a brother to me because, like, oh, watching really? him grow. So what does he do? He's right. our video guy. Okay, cool. But, like, we've been, I mean, I've been doing media for six years because I've been in real estate so long. And, like, I started media six years ago. And, like, every day I would film. And, like, I've went through videographers that have outgrown them. They yeah, didn't yeah. grow with me. It's hard. It's hard I, you to know, do they're, they're creators. And, you know, yeah. it, you just go through that. You know, just go through people. And, you know, I found yeah, him. I fire him every week and hire him back. You know, it's crazy. I'm joking. I've been with Steve for like fucking four years. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's cool, but like. I fired so many fucking people. There's nobody, there's nobody that can keep up with me. Oh, well, that's I the thing. I want to talk Steve's about the only guy firing that can, people. Steve's the stuff. only guy that can keep up with me. And it's not even just because like, oh, I'm fast paced. You just got to deal. It's oh, it's on a different. It's just, it's not even because I'm fast paced. You know, sometimes obviously that intimidates a person that doesn't like to work hard. Okay. That's fucking normal. You could find anybody that fucking works hard. I found shooters that work hard, videographers that work hard. Because Steve was in California one place. So sometimes like I have to bring people that's you know in toronto you know to film me at my office every single day in toronto so like i went through a lot of people and steven would only come on big tours with me and big shows and big events and uh then when i noticed i'm like you know why do i you know why do i just stick with steve right like you know we can me and steve can do an event that takes like four people eight people on production and then we can rock it out you know because we know how to direct it properly it's just more of like you know understanding each other and it's also more of just like you know we're we're very vision focused as well so I don't want to work with somebody that just wants an immediate transaction. Like we take a lot of fucking hits. Like, I mean, Steven can see too, you know, in my business, like I don't accept things that are just like, you know, in it for money. So like we're, we, we build a vision out together, right? So like what keeps us motivated together and we work on ideas together and we're like both directors of this movie together. Right. And, uh, and I think another huge thing is like, you know, I do business with people I want to do life with. So if yeah. I wasn't able to, if I wasn't able to spend a week with somebody and have fun with that somebody or share ideas with that somebody, then I just wouldn't want to fucking do it. It's like, I just, I just wouldn't want to travel with that person. So it has to be also at ease and comfort. And it doesn't feel like there's added weight to, to production or anything like that. Like he's supposed to minimize my stress. Right. And I increase his stress, but 
I'm I'm I am the hardest guy to fucking Steve. Am I fucking difficult to work with? Well, the thing is this: I am a director myself. Like I will, Steve knows this. Like I will, I don't let nobody touch my shit. The funny thing, that's how I am. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. my own shit. When Eddie comes yeah, here, yeah. he's like, I want to watch you edit, bro, because like I edit all my own shit. I know how this works. Like we're gonna do this together. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I want to be a part of this. Like I want to like like let me help you like creative direct on this because like yeah. there's something. And then you want to do your own stuff. Well, I had to let it go, and that's why Save. I keep trying to like. Right. All right, we need to get somebody, but I'm like, but I do it better, and this can be right, perfect. Right. And I had to relinquish that. Finally, delegate. Eddie is like just been my match. He like runs with it. He the, yeah. the reason we have this podcast is because he th- I this threw out the Eddie. idea. He came at me with it. He's like, "Here's the shit." I bought all the shit. We built it and we started doing it. Of course, you know? yeah, it's, yeah, just, yeah. it's something I wanted. He called me out on it. I'm like, "Okay, lean into that. I'm gonna lead into this." Right. But he fucking listens. Yeah. And he's present. Some video guys, they're just there. You yeah. know, they get the shot and they're there to get the shot. Dude, you should see him when he's here. It's just like he's listening, actively listening. Uh-huh. So like uh-huh. watching him grow. He didn't want to leave today. Yeah. Like you wouldn't even believe what he did for this. So he has this gig. He lines this up and then he shows up with his buddy. And I was like, you're not leaving me on he's this like, podcast. He's like, hey, I'm going to go leave. And he's I was like, like, I'll get it all set up. I've got you. Cause I've got to go back to that. But that shows like, his hustle. 30 minutes. You know, he's like, I have 30 minutes to get you set up and get back to my event and get you. And he's like, I promise I got you. Like I got you. And I was like, and I trust him. So like, I'm thankful for him. And, and you I, do the, you do the audio. He, we never met him. Oh no way! This our first. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, but okay. But it's our first time meeting him. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. So, so Eddie places him in position, and bro, yeah. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie trusts him, and Eddie's like, okay, oh, yeah. gotcha, yeah, yeah. Of well, course, Eddie was course. freaking out, of course, but I mean, he could, he's two places at once. You got oh, because Eddie's doing the event. Yes, he's right? doing the event, and he did this for us, so yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. he's so ride or die. Yeah. Like he rides for us, and we ride for him as far as like what we do for each other. Like, of course, yeah. He brings yeah. value. We bring value we, to him, and like, yeah, of course, that's way it should be. That's the way it should be. We we work the same way, you know? Like, we always... We're always just thinking, you know, like, bigger picture and stuff. We don't let small shit get to us. You learn different stuff as you, like... You know, the bunch of shit that, like, just so out of, like... Sometimes, like, out of Steve's uh, scope of work that he'd be like, okay, this is how, like, Daniel wants it. Every client's different. So, like, it took, you know, a while to adjust from what maybe he's used to doing for another client. You know, I have different demands and stuff. And then after that, I don't even have to you know, think twice of what we're doing or what the role is and what, like, you know, when the camera's on, when the camera's off, how the camera's shot, blah, 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 right? So it's like, you know, I just learned how to work with somebody that's in complete ebb and flow. I think it's important. I think, you know, the people around you can add more stress to what you do, you know, to the point where it's like, if you want to constantly do everything yourself, then you're probably not with the right person, right? There's some things, obviously, that you want to have control in inside of the business. Like, I, you know, I control some of the things inside of media, but there's some things where I just got to be like, Fuck, I gotta listen to Steve, even though I don't think of it. I gotta fucking trust it. Okay, fuck, that actually looked good. You know? Because I like, mm-hmm. Steve's, I'm like, Steve, back up. Back up, Steve. And he's like, bro, it's a wide angle lens. I'm like, what does that mean? I'm like, just back up, bro. I need I need the full body. He's like, don't worry, man. I'm like, why is it so close to my face? Then you look at the shot, you're like, okay, Damn, you know what he's, that's, he's good at that, right? Like, I'm not gonna tell the barber how to cut my hair, right? He, allow him to do what he has to do. And then after, if we have to critique, we have to critique. It's just going to go through this conversation every single day. I so feel like laughing. you both are alike in that way. Like, I, I'm like, I yeah. don't know. He asked me today about the... I was like the, 10, I was like 30%, 50% or 100%. It changes the green I light. Because we had green light on our faces and we didn't know we could fucking turn it down till the day. Pressed a button, we t- toned it what down. What green light? Dude, 
Oh, it's coming too heavy? Dude, this, yeah. this is only at 30 or 40%. I put it at 100%, you have green light on your face. So, oh, okay, okay, so okay. I hate the lighting. Right, it's right. It's really tricky getting all this where it's like your face isn't all green or blue. I get it, I get it. Because you have blue, red, me. green, and then the white light. Well, I change it every time based off the, you know, so it, oh, everybody's okay, okay. background is a little bit different. So it's Smart. not all the same. So, like, you got to. I like this setup. Yeah. You know, I like the setup too because it's carpeted, right? It's good. It's homey. It's nice. Yeah. I like the I setup. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Eddie challenged him he's like can i buy it i said buy it let's do it i don't want to know how much you spend let's just get it done because this is what i like i'm yeah, like yeah fun. and i didn't realize that like i would get to meet so many cool individuals and like and in, that inspire me and give me ideas to be better and stuff like that through it's giving back to the world you know like ha sharing with other people your experiences and you know i think it's amazing you know what you can do and i think one of the things you said is like giving back and like the fact that what sales did to your life and i never really heard it or thought of it in that light of like how sales really changed my life yeah it it accepts you like it, that you know, was it when you said it, it, it really does it accepts you man it accepts you it doesn't like any you know, if you're life. willing to work hard sales i feel like it always accepts somebody with like hunger and desire and also like another thing is like sometimes people don't realize you know the shot that they have within sales and business sometimes it's like i wouldn't if i, I played soccer growing up but if i'm in my city and I am the 40th best soccer player. I'm not getting paid fucking jack shit in my city if I'm the 40th best. Maybe the 20th best, maybe you're getting paid a little bit in the city. But if I'm the fucking 40th best in my city at soccer, I'm not getting paid jack shit. But if I'm the 40th best at sales inside of my city, I can make millions every single fucking year. So then I looked at that, I'm like, sales is the fucking way to go. Business is the way to go. Right, 100%. you got so much more of an opportunity in sales and business than I feel like you have in anywhere else. Hundred percent. Right? So, yeah. I had an ex that used to say, "Stop selling me," and I'm like, it, "Everything Isn't in that life, everything is a yeah, sale. Everything yeah, yeah, in life yeah. is sales. Yeah. <laughs> like everything. Like either you're being sold, or I'm being sold. Like one or the other." Yeah. Yeah. yeah sales is key to life. My parents man. stopped saying that to me. They're like, "Okay, how do I navigate?" I'm not gonna say, "Stop selling me." anymore <laughs> what do i say why do i change up the line because i'm just gonna say i'm not all right it's like an objection for them they're gonna say no and they're gonna see how i deal with the no i've been like that since i was young yeah they would always say stop selling me when i was young where are they at now my parents are still in toronto yeah, yeah they're still in toronto yeah 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 i'll go back have like they ever humbly accepted that they were incorrect about university and like your success no i i mean i don't my parents were never like uh like when I, when I dropped out of school, it's that they were never unsupportive of it. Oh, that's you know, awesome. they were that's never, cool. they were, I feel like my parents looked at me and, you know, they had, they had some sort of faith in me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when I dropped out of school, cause I felt like they knew that I was making some money and they're like, okay, this guy's doing it for the betterment of himself. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they had faith in me is cause I didn't drop out and, you know, get into alcohol or, or get into like, or, or go to like parties and stuff like that. Like I dropped out with the intention to work and to build, right? Mm -hmm. So they kind of let me do my thing, you know, as like, uh, as a, you know, a free spirit and, and let me do my thing. So I think, you know, they're just more proud than anything and they support me more than ever. You know, they're like my number one fans, my parents. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I was today if it wasn't for my parents because when I grew up, you know, in the beginning, you always think it's like a negative situation you know, if your parents split up, blah, blah, but I don't think I would have the work ethic that I would have today, you know, if I didn't watch my parents work so hard when I was young, 
because like, you know, your ethics is what you stand for. And it's your morals and your standards, right? So like my standards were just set so high because my parents worked so fucking hard, right? So like, I don't think I would be where I am today if I like, I didn't see my parents, you know, working hard and providing, you know, and just always being honest and always being true, you know, and just being giving. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today. So like, you know, my parents, I'm not the type of, you know, I, no, I, I, Appreciate, maybe like my grandparents probably had some like doubt. I think everybody has doubt. You know, as you're as you're building, when it's a little bit blurry for people, you know, everybody obviously has doubt because like, what's a sales agency? What's sales training in their head? What the? F There's no job title to that. There's no blueprint to that. So like, you know, obviously it's cloudy for them. So it didn't really make sense to them up until probably last year until it's real. You know, until like, oh, you know, somebody's like showing my dad in the office a video of me. They're like, yo, do you know that guy? And then my dad's like, oh. That's like my son. And then it starts happening more and more. And then my dad's like, good job. I'm like, oh, it only took four years. Because see, when I'm in sales, my parents are like, oh, fuck, he's doing good because he's in B2B sales. He has a nice super, he's doing good. So like now they're like, oh, he dropped out kid. He got into a sales job, great job. Because you could see that he works for a company. He's getting a check. He's doing commissions. He's driving a nice BMW. I'm fucking young. So they got that game that I'm doing well. There's a fucking award that says you're doing well. But now when I w said, hey guys, uh, by the way, I'm going into entrepreneurship. I'm doing this, this, and this. I'm creating this agency. I'm telling my plans over the last few years. They're confused. A confused mind. It's hard for a confused mind to, you know, f support you completely because they're still trying to think about it themselves. So I'm not like trying to convince these people that I'm on this amazing fucking path. I'm like, eventually when it's so physical, then they'll give me a clap and I'm gonna be grateful for when that clap comes. When it's so physical, when it physical means like when there's 2,000 people on a stage, when there's hundreds of videos being produced, when somebody shows my dad a video, that gets more physical and physical and physical for them so they could see it. I was, I was always doing amazing inside of my business for the last four years. I was crushing it, but it took a few years for my dad to say, hey, proud of you, great job, because they were just confused a bit. You know, I didn't say I told you so, you know, because I was just, it's like, oh, they're confused. It's fine. I didn't realize that he told me that the day that really was, like, pivotal for him and me trusting in him and, like, believing in his vision and stuff was the day I quit my job. He's like, right. Dude, I right. didn't believe you'd do it. I talked all this shit. I was like, you just quit your job. Change your life. Just quit <laughs> your job. Change your life. She's like. I'm bringing in my computer. I'm quitting. I was like, oh, I quit. Fuck. Like I called him. I was March not 23rd. prepared for that moment. I was not at all. I just been talking a bunch of shit and knew that there was something bigger than our current situation. I was not ready for that. But when she did it, I was like, it's fucking go time. Here's my opportunity. Lean into it. Right. Lean into it. Let's make it happen. Right. I did. Wow. It's amazing. Powerful. Yeah. Cause we opened March of 2020 or our company. Or June. It was like June. But you quit before that. Oh, yeah. I quit before that. But we, and then we But opened. the company was a whole nother thing. Like, we built this in, in fucking during COVID. Everybody's like contracting, contracting. I'm like, yeah, you fucking guys go. Against the wave. Go. I'm like, like go. The wave was coming in. You guys smashed through fucking it. Fucking right. I rode yeah. the wave so I told hard. the guy that yesterday. They're like, how do you deal with problems? I'm like, tackle it. Fuck oh, it. yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like you got to, like, the, the, the noise is almost necessary for like a, a, a true better entrepreneur like yourself. It's like, you know, the noise is necessary the difficulties and the challenges oh. inside of business they're they it's not like like there's two types of people one person's like oh you know four fucking people quit on me today and the tide fucking comes in 
It's like when, how do you deal with problems when four fucking people quit on you? Take that energy and be like, I'm going to find another 40 fucking Use people. Use the energy. Take the energy and say, I'm going to find another fucking 40 people that are going to smash it inside of my business. And those four people would have wished that they fucking stayed with me. Fuck Don't yes. complain that four fucking people quit because that's not going to get you nowhere. Use that noise, channel it back into your business and be like, I'm going to find the right 40 fucking people. Oh yeah. They quit within first months. They didn't even start the business. Right. So it's like, it's like, it's like, I always say, it's like, if a challenge comes in, number one, you know, with problems, I think inside a business, you know, when you said the pandemic hit and stuff, I, I always think this, you know, there's problems will always arise inside a business. It's like, you, somebody says like, you know, how do you get rid of problems or, you know, how, how does my business, like, I always feel like, you know, how do I get things easier inside of your business? <laughs> the problems will never fucking stop inside a business. Meaning like you feel like you just get better at dealing with problems. Oh, yeah. It never stops because as you deal with one problem and then you solve that one problem and you're like, oh my God, I solved that one problem. We got our income up to $50,000 a month. Well, now to take it to $100,000 a month, now you got three employees that you got to bring in. Now you got to learn how to manage those three and lead those three employees now you got a fucking another problem so the problems never stop you just get better at dealing with the problems 100%. you get better at emotional management you get better at dealing with people it's like the problems never stop fucking coming in like it never just gets fucking easier you just get better 100 right you just like you just learn how to and then it's almost like you almost like embrace everything that comes in because you you know like for example if if you knew after every problem there was a peak if you knew after every valley there was a fucking peak, you would be grateful for the valleys because you would say, holy fuck, this is a valley. Right after the valley, there's going to be a peak. Fuck. So if 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 the easiest way to get over the valley is number one, to be grateful for the valley because every time you have a low, that indicates that at one point you had a high. So meaning if somebody's experienced a low inside of their sales or inside of their business and somebody's like, man, I'm stuck in this valley. Well, you just indicated that number one, you were at a high at once. And number and number two, if you can if you can recognize that if you have a low, that means you're at a high. Well, now let's go into problem solving. How did you get to that high so we can get out to the valley a lot quicker? Number three, let's jump into a state of gratitude that you're in a valley because if you're in a imagine every single time you hit a valley inside the business or inside of sales, you're like fuck yes because once I solve this, you know once I solve this problem, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a peak right around the corner then you would be fucking thrilled to solve that fucking problem rather than being negative. So that energy would get you to solve that problem a lot quicker just because you were grateful for the valley. So the more grateful for I am because I know a peak's right around the corner, that energy is going to allow me to solve the problem a lot quicker. So there's so many things. When I'm like in this foggy area, because it's not like everybody's like, oh, this is a big problem. You're just a little bit foggy. That's it. You're just a little bit blurry. You're lacking it. So it's like, hey, when you were doing good, Okay, what were you doing when you were doing good? And what's the number one action I can do to just get me out of fog? I don't got to think when somebody's stuck inside a business, don't think big picture. Think one hustle. What's the next step? What's like that one thing just to get me out? What's the one thing just to get, is it a live stream? Is it a cold call? Is it this? Is it that? You just need one thing because that one thing might click an endo like endorphin or dopamine just to get you back on track. The problem is when people are in a fog, they start thinking like, oh, I should be making a million dollars. Oh, I should be like this oh. person, blah, blah, blah. You just got to do one thing, just like one live stream. Do something. Shift it. Just one task. Like what's the number one task that you can do and that you can control, right? To what are you, you going to commit to? Action. What yeah, are you it's gonna... like one level of action. Action. will get you out of it. Yeah. Just action. It's like you don't gain. It's like, well... Man, how do I gain energy and stuff? It's like you get energy through action because somebody's going to say yes. That yes is going to create a sense of energy. That's how you get energy, right? You got to generate it somehow. 
the power plant just doesn't, the power plant has to generate the energy. So it's like, I got to generate the energy somehow. Or then you get it fucking stuck in to the comparison game. And you're like, oh, this person's doing that. And then you get all demotivated and everything like this. Yeah. It's very rare that I know, know who you are because I don't pay attention to anybody. Right. But you caught my eye along the way because of your sales thing. And I like to watch sales people. Yeah. I, I, you're I, a high I level sales person. Yes. Yeah. Your communication, you, you communicate you at a very con- high level. You made me connect with you. But most of the time, I walked up to a guy that has like a million followers. On I should, on a, at a real estate thing, asked him how to get more content people before we met uh, Eddie. And he was like mind blown that I didn't know who he was because I don't pay attention. Like I, right. it's the devil for me. Right. Like I just focus on me, focus on what I'm doing and all of that. But it's, it's, well, I think it's more of just like you vibe out with people that know their stuff. Maybe it's because you, you know, your stuff and you know, your stuff and I know my stuff. So it's like in order for somebody to, you know, you got to say, Hey, that person's actually doing it. They know their stuff in order for you. Cause I'm the same way. Like I listen to one or two people online. Like I'm not listening to, you know, everybody, these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of experts. I can name off like one are those people, people, I think, you know, one individual that I really, you know, respect is Patrick. But David, he's he's awesome. I think I think he's he's done such an amazing job at, you know, his content. I think his leadership is amazing. He's a phenomenal salesperson. He's the first person when I actually got into uh, my own business and running my own business. I had my first ever conversation with him. It was like a YouTube podcast and I just wanted to like interview him. And uh, ever since that conversation, you know, it made me think a little bit different. I studied not just like the message, but the way he operates, the way he communicates. I think he's an amazing fucking entrepreneur. Um, he's done such an amazing job with his YouTube channel. Oh, so yeah. like he's somebody, he's somebody I love, you know, tuning into and listening to. I'll yeah. have to look him up. Yeah. Patrick really? Are you serious? Yeah. I he's don't. awesome. Oh, he's awesome. I, that's what he's I'm one of the you. people I actually like. He's valuable great. shit. He has good, valuable value, fun. value entertainment is no pun intended. So he uh, he runs uh, uh, an insurance agency. You know who right? he is, the insurance agency guy. Oh. Yes, he's like a fucking badass Andy Frisella type, like just like rips it off. Like, I think I probably do. Maybe he'll show you a video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's well, awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. I like to consume good things. So how do you how have you built your community? Because I saw you post on your Instagram and you built a, quite a fucking huge community and you did yeah. touch on a little bit your, providing your, value your, yeah. your 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 face your lives where nobody is on there but you're doing the reps you're yeah. getting that in is there anything else you can add to that i mean my community you know i uh i i just don't do shit to do shit like on my instagram i've, I've treated my i treated my social media like it's a fucking job you know like some people you know when i was posting they make the post just to make the post and said they made a fucking post Right. So it's like, okay, I made the post, but really it's like the fucking pre post and it's the after post. Like, you know, there's so much, there's so much that goes into a post. It's like, are you sharing the post? Are you going on a live stream to fucking promote the post and telling them to tag two friends and maybe doing a giveaway to that post? Are you in in groups to try to get people to like the post and to share the post? You know, there's just so much stuff. So I'm like, it's not just like, oh, I just fucking posted it. Okay. But like, what after, you know, like, like, I'm crazy with that shit. Like when I used to post, I would literally like, I'm fucking weird, but I would, I would put energy like into my post. So I would be like, I'd walk around my office and I'm like this post and I'm literally giving a vibration to my phone and I'm like, this post is going to fucking hit. You watch all my sales guys. I'm like, everybody's going to need this fucking post. I'm like, you watch when I post this, this is going to go fucking viral. So it's not even like what you do after the post. It's like I'm putting so much fucking energy and intention into that fucking post. And I'm just like, watch this hit, watch this hit, watch this hit. I'm translating into that post. 
Because it's the same way when you were talking the law of attraction, the energy thing. It's like I'm pouring energy into that post. You know, like I, I think energy. so much of it. You know, I'm putting all my energy into it. So I, I treated this thing like it was just another job. I spent so much time understanding it. I'm always keeping up to date with it. I'm seeing what works. I'm seeing what doesn't work. I'm never being egotistical and sticking to one thing or changing up the formats. I stick with my audience to the end. These guys see it. When I'm at a show, I'm always like, you know, the last guy to leave answering every single question. I'm always, you know, responding back to people in the comments. I try to get to all my DMs. You know, right now it's a lot because there's a lot of in-mail. So I try to get to them. But then I tell my audience like, hey, if you guys really have questions, show up to a live stream if I can't get you inside of the DM because it's almost virtually impossible. That. But I say I can save all my energy so I can meet you guys at full capacity inside of my live stream. And then you'll just, you know, it's, it's, it's funny too because you'll notice who's just trying to withdraw from you because they're just having a fucking bad day or who really wants some sort of fucking help or who's just there to fucking complain inside of the fucking DM. And I'm not for the complainers. So you'll notice, right? When I say, go ask me that question on a live stream at 1010, only 17 people will ask me a question on the live stream at 1010, but 170 people message me inside of the DM. But when I say, when I say go message me today inside of the 1010 live stream, they don't fucking show up because they're not serious about the question. Or I say, send me an email to this. If you're serious about it, send me an email to this. And why do only four people send me the email? Because they're not disciplined about it. So then you start realizing when I say, hey, I saved my energy, you could see the people that actually want fucking help they will go the extra mile to go inside of the live stream to answer the question. Most people aren't serious about it. So they'll ask you a question and then most people feel compelled that they have to reply to everybody. Oh. But I'm going to say, imagine I had to reply to 780 people a day about all their questions or I just say, hey, listen, guys, I go on a story. Ask me your questions on a live stream today so we can rock out for two hours and boom, 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 rapid fire Q&A. But if they can't show up to the live stream and ask me the question, then they were not serious about the question in the first place. So they're just, and the bigger you get, the more people are going to withdraw your energy. Everybody's going to want something for you you make more money seven accountants are going to start calling you up now no accountants called me up before but now you you have a little bit more energy and you're a little bit more public people are going to want to start stealing your energy because they're a little bit low energy or people want to bring you down or people are going to comment you or people are going to want to fucking hate on you and they're going to try to steal your fucking energy again i don't let it happen mm -hmm. you know i just i i keep i hold my energetic center so what you know? are some of your non-negotiables that help you with that in, uh, in addition to the one that you mentioned earlier that's like no four. negativity yeah, no complaining, no negativity is one of, you know, my non-negotiables. Um, you know, I, I think I think one for me is, you know, don't ever, as being in somebody in sales, I don't let ever people come up to me with generic problems. And what I mean by that is I don't let somebody come up to me and say, hey, I'm struggling in sales this month. So that's a non-negotiable for me because you just blurbed sales. Blurb sales means this. You just said, I'm struggling with sales. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean you're struggling with sales? Don't generalize sales. You're blurbing the sales game. That's a general problem. What do you mean you're struggling with sales? Well, I'm struggling with sales. Then I'll come back to me with a specific problem. Hey, Daniel, I hit up 87 people this week. The common denominator between hitting up these 87 people is that they're saying X, Y, Z. How would you work with that? Ah, now we got a specific problem. So, so now the person has an action-based problem rather than just a fucking general-based problem where they never fucking did anything. So you could see people's types of questions when they're like, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm struggling. You know, my sales are low. I'm not good at closing. General, specific. Hey, listen, when I'm closing this person out, would you hang up the phone? Because I had this client... Uh, you know, say I'm going to get to it and I hung up the phone and they never called. Would you stay on the line with them? Would you? Oh, okay. Now we got a specific problem. I like to work with this person because this person actually took action and now they're actually an action-based, 
you know, problem because I know they committed and they tried it first. They're really they looking tried, for the solution. They tried before asking. You know what I mean? They looked before asking. They know Daniel's busy. Don't come to me with the boat. Oh, I, I'm struggling with sales, right? But a girl walks into the store yesterday at CVS. Right away, before she put her fucking head up, she looked left, seen the person left her. Hey, where's the where's the makeup section? I'm like, you're standing in it. Look up. I, I, she's like, oh, do you work here? She went to go ask the person beside her that worked there. She went to go walk to the person to say, hey, where's the makeup section? And then I'm like, it's right there. Did wow. you look? You didn't look. There's signs right there. It says one, groceries. Two, hair and makeup. Aisle two, man. Oh, you work here? No, I just looked up. She didn't want to look. You didn't fucking try. You know, everybody wants to be fucking lazy. How do I do this? They want the answer right away. Did you look? Did you try? Right? I love it. Thank you for tuning in today's show, One Hustle, uh, the One Hustle Show. Like this um, video. If it gave you any value, let us know what you think in the comments. Share it with your friends and let them know what resonated with you. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, Daniel. Where, Where can we you? find you? Yep. Go on Instagram at Daniel G. It's the easiest place at Daniel G. And then everything's in there. Like you guys want to keep up to date. Just get on my live streams. 1010. You know, I have a community. The links in my bio. You guys can always come inside of my community. It's fun. And I, you know, my Instagram honestly is, you know, it's a, it's a university sometimes within itself. Like you could scroll through oh, it. I agree. Oh, if you oh, I'm down. looking forward love, to learning more from yeah, you and watching could, you now. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could go through it and sometimes you can get a question answered. I'm like, you don't even have to fucking take a sales course. Sometimes I put so much into there sometimes, like so much valuable content that, that it just isn't fluff where it's like, if somebody says no to you and I have to speak to my spouse, this is how you deal with the spouse objection. Clip it on. and I put it on, you know, I love suffocating my audience in value. So yeah. Damn. Daniel G appreciate you guys having me. Thank Absolutely. You. Thanks man. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.